Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the blessed opportunity you've given us to gather in your house today. And, and now the awesome opportunity to be able to get into your word. Help us now as we get into our studies to understand it, apply it in the right way, and encourage us to go out and share it with others as well. Thank you oh so much for the opportunity as we pray. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Continuing our Explain the Word series and book of Revelation, we can pick it up here in chapter 4. This sort of starts a, a change in the, the flow of things. We see in chapters 1 through 3 the letters being given to the churches. Now we get into the beginning of the setting of the scene of the tribulation time. Introduction of some of the key characters of the tribulation time and some very interesting visions that John is able to see, similar to what you see in the prophecies of the Old Testament, like in Isaiah and Ezekiel and so forth. But there are a lot of theories, a lot of speculation, a lot of philosophical implications or possibilities within this. So don't get too confused on, on what you're going to read next because it can be very confusing. And it had to be a very profound experience for John to go in and see what he's about to see. Let's get right into it in Revelation chapter 4. John caught up to heaven. Is This whole chapter is what it's focused on. Verse 1. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. So see, he's putting it very clearly there that he's about to show him some prophecies about what will happen hereafter. These are not things that have already happened or that were happening at the time that John was there, but what will happen. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardin stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. Now it's interesting here how he's talking about the rainbow, the symbol of God, message to mankind, which represents a promise that he would not flood the entire earth with water again. But the rainbow also represents a timeline, a prophecy, a memorial, and a promise all wrapped up into that. And here we see the mention of not just the three primary colors of red, blue, and yellow. We see the, the green, which is the emerald. And green is a symbol of purity, is a symbol of, of majesty, of deity. And that is around the throne where God is sitting. As it continues, and round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, 
clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. Now these elders play a key part, as it continues here, in the worshiping of the Lord. And they've been given that privilege and honor to be able to sit so close with the Lord. And these are people that have earned that in their life, died at this point, already been raptured up, given their white robes and in those positions there. Read verse 4 again. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. He tells you right here what those lamps are, the seven spirits representing the attributes of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. Now, a sea of glass means it was so smooth, smooth like glass, which represents peace and calm. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts, full of eyes before and behind. This is where it gets really bizarre on what these beasts are, what they represent, and what place they'll play in the future. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf. And the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings upon him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy. That's a holy for each one of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Holy, holy, holy is why they were saying it in that manner. And indicating here, which was and is to come, the Almighty, which is identified in Jesus Christ and God the Father Himself as well as being eternal. And when these, excuse me, in verse nine, and when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to Him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before Him that sat on the throne and worship Him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. A very key verse, verse 11 there. When we look around, we see the things that are going on. When we question God, when we wonder, why has this been done? Why has that been done? Why is this going to be done? Why is this even in existence? We know He is the Creator. He is the one that is Almighty. He says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. He created everything for His pleasure. Everything needs to humble themselves and realize that. Everything in existence, all creatures, all mankind, everything, because God's the one that's in control. He spoke everything into existence. 
Give him all the honor and glory because he has all the power. All right, now right on into chapter 5. We see here the beginning of the seal judgments, seven seals. Now this would indicate the beginning of the tribulation time. Now if you go back and study when is the tribulation going to begin, it begins at the signing of a treaty with Israel. When you do the studies of the, the Old Testament prophecies and so forth in Daniel, this, the 70th week and so forth, the signing of that treaty with Israel is the beginning of the seven-year tribulation. All right, right into it in verse 1. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? No description on this angel, what he appeared like or what he, his appearance was or how he was dressed, but he knew and identified him as an angel. Now we know that John experienced firsthand prior to this seeing the angels as well in his past, so he could identify them. Verse 3, And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Speaking of Jesus Christ, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is worthy because he paid the ultimate price. He earned that honor and that right to do so. The judgment, the right to judge others has been given to Jesus Christ. Verse 6, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Those seven Again, the, the, the number seven all throughout the Bible is very key and is used quite often. And it's talking about completion, about being perfect, about being fully furnished and so forth all throughout the Scriptures. So he's fully capable of doing what he's about to do, fully aware of everything with the eyes, seeing everything, knowing everything, all past, present, and future. Continues. And of course, uh, described him in here as a slain lamb is the Lamb of God, which is Jesus Christ. So he's seeing a symbol of Jesus Christ here. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, indicating 
The finished work of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice, his shed blood was for the salvation of all mankind. Opportunity for all mankind, of all kindred, all tongue, all people to come in if they would simply receive that free gift and accept the finished work of Jesus Christ. They would be able to be a part of all this. And has made us unto our God kings and priests. Notice once again, the the responsibilities and opportunities that will be given to those that qualify because of what they have done in their lifetime to the point of being able to be considered kings and priests in the last days. And we shall reign on the earth. Now we know later he speaks of that, reigning with the Lord in the millennial period, a thousand years of ruling and reigning with Him. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Otherwise he couldn't count them. A lot of angels around there. And then the 24 elders that he mentioned earlier and the beast that he mentioned. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. Jesus Christ, worthy because of what He has done. And an interesting point here on 13 is that it's every creature, not just mankind. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them. Heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Now he heard every creature. And he's mentioning these animals. Proclaiming that even the animals themselves will come to a realization and proclaim and worship the Lord. Now we know the indications in the past, the prophecies, no, excuse me, the histories, the writings of the, the animals that were given that ability to actually proclaim and speak and communicate. Now here we see that that's being given to them at this point. Be able to thank the Lord for their existence. Verse 14, And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Now, if Jesus Christ wants to give these animals the ability to speak, He can do that. He spoke them into existence. He created everything. And he created them for His pleasure. As He just said up there in verse 11 of chapter 4. All right, right on into chapter 6 here. And Jesus begins to open those seals that He is the only one that is qualified to do so because this is the beginning of the judgments. He is the only one that has been given the opportunity and the right and responsibility to open these seals as it begins in chapter 6. And I saw when a lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw and behold a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Notice that this is the first of the 
the beast here that is on this white horse. And given that crown, which means power and authority, he's going to be a ruler, and he's going to have a bow, but it doesn't say anything about any arrows. No quiver to hold arrows, just a bow. So this is what's going to happen at the end of the Battle of Gog and Magog, when there will rise up a great leader and will be chosen to rule the world. He is going to be the Antichrist. He is this first one that he's speaking of here. And he will bring peace. He'll sign that treaty with Israel. And the earth, the people that are here, will give him credit for stopping the war, the battle of Gog and Magog, but actually the Lord stops that war with the storms and so forth. But he takes credit for it because he signs that treaty. The Antichrist signs that treaty with the children of Israel. Verse 3, And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. Now here's when he start to rebel, and this horse is indicating what happens actually at the midpoint of the tribulation when they go against that treaty, and the Antichrist comes in and sets him up himself as God and sits on the throne that will be rebuilt there in Jerusalem. Verse 5, And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see, and I beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts saying, I measure a measure of wheat for a penny, and a and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. This is indicating that the, during the beginning and the first part of the tribulation time, and even running into somewhat of the second time, there will be commerce, there will be trade. Because part of the manipulation and control over the people is that they cannot buy, sell, or trade unless they receive the mark of the beast. So there will be, under this beast here that he's talking about here, this power to be able to set up that kind of a commerce system, a one-world government and one-world market system, which is what a lot of people try to put into place right now. They're setting the foundation to have that going on today. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and Hell followed with him. And power was given unto him over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword, and with hunger, and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. Notice, even the animals will be used to kill these folks off that are the ungodly during this time because he speaks of death and hell because it is the ungodly that are being killed at this time in reference to this and these beasts. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. These are those that are going to be killed because they don't take the mark of the beast. These are going to be those that after the 
rapture and after the battle of Gog and Magog, they're left behind, but yet then they turn to the Lord, they get saved, and they take a stand, and they are killed. And those are the martyrs that he's speaking of. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Notice that it is designated who will be killed. Reason I beheld when I, he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. These prophecies about the sun and the moon, you can also find over in Matthew chapter 24. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when, the, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. Now these stars fall on us talking about meteorites coming down. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Let's talk about they couldn't see the stars anymore. Because when you have these earthquakes, and when you have this cracking of the foundation of the earth itself, it creates volcanoes and eruptions and gases and pollution to flow up into the air, and you're not going to be able to see the stars at night. And the moon's going to be like blood because of the color of the, the gases and so forth, the effect of the sun through that as well. As it continues, verse 15, And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. Now these that are hiding are those that are aware that, okay, it's time, it's accountability, let's go hide, see if we can hide ourselves from all this judgment. And said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? The day of his wrath, the last days, the judgments, and these horsemen and the seals and so forth indicate various things that are going to happen throughout the tribulation time. And let's get right into verse 1 of chapter 7 here where we see an interesting event unfolding where he seals 144,000 people. 144,000 of the actual descendants of the children of Israel, the Jews. Reads verse 1. And after these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the winds should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea. Now, in the four corners... It's talking about position in a way to be able to see the entire earth. If you look at a globe, you can see that you could take four different points, kind of like a square, a, 
kind of like a marble inside of a square, a block, so that at them four points you could be able to see every part of the earth everywhere. So they were given these key places and points. He's saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there was sealed an hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Sealed in their foreheads. That means within their mind, within them, it is sealed. They are sealed. That means they are born again and dwelt with the Holy Ghost, given the blessed opportunity to then preach the gospel and to reach many, many during the tribulation time. And then he gets into the list of these where it says, Of the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Reuben were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of, of Gad there were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Azur were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Nephilim were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Manasseh were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Simeon were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Levi were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Issachar were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Zebulun were sealed 12,000. Of the tribes of Joseph were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed 12,000. So we know that there are going to be descendants of all of these tribes still alive and go over into the tribulation time. This continues, verse 9. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, and palms were in their hands. These are the born-again saints that have been raptured up. Reads, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God. Because we kind of wonder, what are we going to be doing during the tribulation time, those of us that get raptured up? We'll be up there and we'll be praising the Lord and we'll be actually able to see what's going on down here, the judgments and so forth saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of, the tribu out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve Him day and night in the temple, and He that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes." That's what we have to look forward to, a time when we will be comforted by God, a time that we will be able to worship and praise the Lord, and a time where He's going to wipe away all of our tears from our eyes. A lot ahead of us, a lot going on, so let's be 
vigilant. Let's be determined. Let's stand fast. We can see the signs of the times. We see how things are being implemented today. Setting the stage, preparing the things that need to be prepared to have all these things implemented, like the one world government, one world monetary system, the one world market system, and so forth. Things that we'll see as we continue to read in here. The technologies that were needed. The attitude of submissiveness that is going to be needed and so forth. All being prepared now in our lifetime. So we know it can't be much longer. And we need to be ready to go at any moment because the rapture could occur at any moment and then all this other stuff be kicked in. So let's be ready for that last days. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the things that we've studied here. Give us the understanding that we need in this time to use it properly to help us to be encouraged to go out and share it with others so they don't have to go into these events of the tribulation time. That They don't have to go through that. Help all of us realize that it is right at the brink, right at the moment, to be urgent, to be out there spreading the gospel like you've instructed us to. And thank you for allowing us to be a part of your work. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Thank you all.